This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Head to Australia and uh, welcome to the show for the very first time out of ESPN Australia, uh, Sam Bruce, to talk some footy with Super Rugby kicking off this weekend. Uh, good evening, Sam. How are you doing? Yeah, g'day, Ricardo. Very well, thanks, mate. That's the story, mate. Thanks for coming on. Uh, how's how's the fizz over the over over your part of the world about Super Rugby kicking off this weekend? Yeah, usually this time of year, um, yeah, rugby can take it in the teeth a little bit for a lack of marketing and uh, a lack of build-up for the opening weekend of, of Super Rugby. But I, I genuinely feel that this year has a little bit uh, more of a different uh, buzz about it. Um, you know, we go back to to Eddie Jones's appointment, and I know that's a bit of a sore point for a few of your friends over there on the other side of the ditch with the way Dave Rennie exited. But um, there's no doubt about Eddie. He knows how to uh, market the game. And, um, you know, it's kind of been a consistent uh, run of news line since then and a, a good couple of trial games for the Waratahs and Reds and Waratahs and Brumbies in action. And, um, you know, if we look to Friday night specifically, we've got uh, the Waratahs and Brumbies um, playing at the new Allianz Stadium for the first time. So... Uh, they're talking up a bit of a crowd of around, certainly beyond 20,000. Uh, New South Wales rugby officials are, are very bullish about um, the supporters making their way there on, on Friday night. And, um, yeah, I'd say there's a, there's a genuine positive vibe about the game right now. And, and of course, it goes on to the players this weekend to make sure that continues. Yeah, and I think it's it's good too the way that the draw's been done that you've probably got the two best teams out of Oz at the moment and the Tars and the Brumbies meeting uh, in, in week one. It should be a, a, an absolute uh, rip snorter. Yeah, I think so. And then some different you know storylines across both teams. Um, I think I did the numbers today. There's about 25 Wallabies across both the squads. So that's not a bad start, is it? Uh, the, you then look to today, the, the Waratahs have, have named... Um, a kid who's been dubbed the next big thing in Australian rugby in, in Max Jorgensen straight out of school last year, just did his exams in uh, October last year. He, he debuts on the wing, um, the sec- second youngest Waratahs deputant uh, behind only Kirtley Beale. Um, at the Brumbies, you've got Jack Debrasini, um, the Rebels playmaker there from a few years ago. He, he's been away to Japan and has come back for, a, for another crack at Australian rugby. He'll start at number 10 for the Brumbies. So, as well as all those Wallabies on show, um, you know, there's a couple of uh, different storylines as well in the money and dollar to come off the bench for the Waratahs. So, you know, no matter where you look um, across the paddock, um, I think you can find a reason to uh, to certainly give this game a watch on Friday night. Yeah, and there's, there's some great talent on show. There's also a lot of talent on the bench. I noticed uh, that Noah Lucille uh, is on the bench and so is Nick White for um, uh, for the Brumbies. Interesting move uh, from Stephen Larkham uh, in his first game in charge. Yeah, it is. I mean, great to see Bernie back in, in Australian rugby uh, coaching again. Um, you know, he's a, a favourite son of the Brumbies down there in Canberra. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big move, isn't it? Um, you know, he obviously thinks that um, those uh, those guys coming on, uh, probably you would think from, you know, being the first game of the season anywhere from, from early in the second half, maybe five or ten minutes after half time, are going to have a job to do. Um, and and what, uh, what great strength we'll be able to bring on Two guys, uh, Nick White, obviously uh, immensely talented and a guy who knows how to, how to close games out. Um, Noah Wallace-Leo's had a bit of an up-and-down run uh, in terms of Wallabies um, 
you know, uh, time so far, but um, certainly it's the form for the Brumbies. So, yeah, look, I'm really excited by this one. I think, um, you know, it's a great way, as you said, to, to start the year, the two, what we feel will be the two best Aussie teams um, going head-to-head. I'm, I'm told the, the wet weather we've had here today will hopefully be finding up. And, yeah, if we can get 25,000 people there at, um, at Moore Park and, and the heart of Sydney, then uh, it should be a good one. Yeah, it should be huge, mate. A, a lot of great talent on show in the 10 jersey or options for, for the 10 for Eddie Jones. No doubt he'll be there because, you know, we've mentioned Noah's on the bench. Um, Deborah Sini's a bit of a journeyman. He's played a bit here. Um, he'll be there starting. But you've got Tane Edmed at 10 and Ben Donaldson, who I think uh, beginning of last year, the Waratahs thought was going to be their 10, but Edmed was so good when Donaldson was out injured. Uh, they had to keep him there. So uh, there's there's some options for Eddie Jones, particularly in the wake of Ghetto's retirement. Yeah, there really is. Um, I think if you know you look at the White House specifically, another guy they've got there is Will Harrison, who probably out of these three guys got first crack at the number 10 jersey back under Rob Penny in 2020. Um, he certainly impressed in that year. He's a bit of a smaller guy and has run into a bit of injury trouble since then. Uh, you mentioned uh, Donaldson getting the nod to start last year, um, but injury sort of uh, meant that Donaldson um, had to, had to was away for a little while, and Edmed came in, and then when Edmed did such a fine job that um, Donaldson moved to fullback, and, and that's the um, that's the setup that we see this week with 10 and 15. Um, the Waratahs, of course, not having Kirtley Beal, who's who's been stood down um, pending that incident earlier in the year, so they've had to do a bit of a, a reshuffle there, but. You know, I think we'll probably see both guys, Ed Med and, and Donaldson, at 10 um, at some stage during the year and, and even this weekend, you know, playing that uh, that dual playmaker approach and uh, being able to play both sides of, uh, of the ruck or more when the, when plays in midfield. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tantalising prospect. And, and as you say, Eddie's going to be there in the crowd and, and gets an early look at, um, you know, four potential 10s that he may well want in, uh, in the gold jersey later in the year. Yeah, and then there's, of course, uh, looking at um, Dave... Uh, Parecki as well, uh, who I think had an outstanding year last season. He gets to start at hooker uh, for the Tars against the against the Brumbies. A real opportunity for him to really stamp that his authority as the number one hooker in the country. Yeah, he was certainly Dave Rennie's go-to man last year. Uh, we know Talao Fahing has left the Brumbies and gone to the force. So a bit of a, a change of scenery and, and to see how he fronts up over there. Um, the Warriors also got a really good backup in, in Mahe Kailano, um, a guy who Darren Coleman took with him to the LA Giltinis, rather, in America a couple of years ago. Um, also played under him at Gordon here in Sydney. Um, had a really, really good game against the Crusaders in that shock win at, at Leichhardt Oval for the Waratahs last year. So I'd keep an eye off for him off the bench. But, um, yeah, it certainly feels like Parecki is the main man. Um, although, you know, as we as we know at this point, it's a virtual clean slate for all, every Australian player in Super Rugby, isn't it? Because, um, you know, Eddie, uh, he's a new man. Um, as of just a few minutes ago, he's got an entirely new coaching staff because both Dan McKellar and, and Petra Suplicy, the scrum coach, uh, have officially um, resigned. Um, so, look, it's that's the challenge for the Australian group, isn't it? You know, you've got this ability to, to impress from the opening, opening round. Everyone's you know, like their teams are starting on zero points for want of a better expression. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how it all goes. See, another guy that uh, I, I thought stood up a lot last year, and I don't know where he is in terms of uh, being able to be selected uh, by the Tars, because he is from over this way, came through the Crusaders setup. But Charlie Gamble, I thought, was everywhere, all over everything, every time I saw the Waratahs play. Uh, do you think he's a sneaky option for, for Eddie Jones at the World Cup? Yeah, I really do, uh, Ricardo. And I know um, there's probably going to be a few people around Christchurch who are a little bit dirty that 
he has entrenched himself around uh, over here in, in Sydney. I mean, just a great story, isn't it? Um, kind of lost his way a little bit there um, in Canterbury and, and came across just for a change of scenery. He was playing sub-districts rugby here, so not even, you know, shoot shield, another another step below that, and has gone from there into the shoot shield with East and on into the Waratahs. And he was actually part of that um, that 40-man group that, that Dave Reen took to the Gold Coast virtually two or three days before he was sacked. So, um, look, he's uh, he's probably, you know, down the pecking order a little bit. And I, I think it's interesting that he's starting at number eight this week as well, it, just to be able to show Eddie that he has potentially got that versatility to play eight or six, maybe not, you know, in the in the kind of setup we saw David Pocock and, and Michael Hooper uh, a few years ago under Michael Checker for the Wallabies, but certainly um, to be maybe a bit, to be able to cover that bench spot behind Michael Hooper, who you would think, you know, will be the Wallabies number seven moving forward. Um, yeah, just that, that ability to, to cover those multi-positions across the back row. But no, I agree. I think he had a, he had a huge season last year and um, yeah, you'd expect him to continue that on from this weekend. Yeah, no, no, those are the two top teams we expect, right? But uh, I think the Reds probably won't be too far behind them. And I think, um, you know, look, it's all pointing towards them having a, a great opportunity to start the season with a win as well against uh, the Canes in Townsville. Uh, Canes have got a few injury issues. Uh, doesn't look like Brett Cameron and Ruben Love and maybe even Balin Sullivan aren't going to be there. Plus TJ Piranara is still recovering from that Achilles snap. So uh, what chance do you give the Reds uh, to get a W on the win first up in Townsville? Yeah, I think they're a big chance. Um, they've got some injury concerns of their own. Uh, Michael Atkinson from... Channel 9 over here reporting that James O'Connor won't be fit. So uh, young Tom Liner, of course, Michael Liner's son. Uh, he's got one um, on the fringes of England and, and Tom's been out here with the Reds for the last couple of years and um, didn't actually see any game time last year but played the trial against the Waratahs a fortnight ago and, uh, yeah, appears to have got the nod this weekend. So as we were talking about, um, you know, Max Jorgensen at the Powers, this is a, another really young, exciting uh, Aussie talent that we're, um, you know, reportedly going to see this weekend. Uh, the Reds have, you know, they, they had their injury issues last year, um, particularly, you know, around some of their their key players. Uh, Tenyola Tupu, O'Connor was injured again. Um, so they, they, you know, they've, they've got a couple at lock, I think, at the moment. There's a couple of guys who, who are in a little bit of doubt. But um, otherwise, you know, by all reports, Sylvie Arce, Venavale was fit and firing. Um, they've got a back line. You know, Tate McDermott's going to be busy around nine. This kind of feels like the, the perfect game for Tate for me. It's going to be hot and it's going to be sweaty up there in Townsville. And, you know, first game of the year, or, uh, apart from the trials, of course, that, um, you know, there's going to be some blokes blowing you would expect in that in that second 40. So I fully expect Tate to, to snipe really well around the fringes and um, potentially open up this game for the Reds uh, late, later in the piece. I know we're talking super rugby, but I, I was really surprised that uh, towards the end of last year, uh, or even in the rugby championship, that Dave Rennie uh, seemed to go off Tate McDermott as a as a halfback and prefer you know Nick White, Jake Gordon, because for me I think he's he's the best halfback in Australian rugby, and uh, I, I fully expect Eddie Jones uh, to probably make him his number one after having a bit of a look as well. What, what's your take on on the halfback situation? Yeah, it's really tight, Ricardo. I mean, talking with Dave last year on on multiple occasions, he said you know week to week basically it was just very little between these three guys. I mean, they kind of play the game uh, in slightly different fashions. Nick White's probably more of your, your complete halfback. Uh, he's got the best kicking game out of the three of them. Um, he's, he's tight, he's busy, he's, you know, can really drag in that first and second um, A and B defender around rucks and, 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 and whatnot. Um, Jake Gordon is a, you know, he's got that real turn of speed 
a great support player. Um, and Tate, as we were saying before, can kind of bounce off those defenders. He seems to be a really tough little guy for the bigger blokes in particular to, to get a shoulder on, doesn't he? Um, so, yeah, look, I, I think that's along with um, along with fullbacks probably at the Wallabies this year that they are going to be two, you know, the, the key positions that, that Eddie really is, you know, going to need to focus on because while he's got great depth there, clearly, um, we're really looking for that one guy to, to, to separate himself from the pack and say, yep, give me the jersey um, because it was so close last year. Now, uh, I don't know if this is an unkind thing to say. I, I just uh, like to call it how I say it, but I, I, I was going through the games uh, with somebody the other week and said, you know, the, the, the Force Rebels game looks like it's an early contender for the Wooden Spoon match. Um, what's your take on where those two clubs are? Yeah, I, I was I was bullish at the Force um, might improve. Uh, they've had some, some injury news today, uh, unfortunately, with Isaac Rodder um, out for a recurrence of that foot injury that, that virtually kept him out of, I think, the last couple of weeks of Super Rugby, and then we didn't see him at all in the Wallabies jersey last year, so that was really disappointing for him, given he'd come back, um, excuse me, via Japan and France to, to set up, a, have another crack in Perth with the Force. Look, they get um, Simon Cron, another one of your, your guys, the coach who came over here looking for a a chance and got it with Norse and then moves through to um, the Waratahs to be Daryl Gibson's assistant. Uh, I looked for a long while that he was going to be Gibson's heir apparent and then um, Gibson extended and we then the Waratahs went through a bit of a, a washing machine of, of poor decisions and um, Cron went to Japan and uh, their loss is the forces gain. Uh, look, they've, they've brought a couple of other guys in uh, as well. They've got Chase Teotia from the Chiefs, um, which hopefully should you know act, add a little bit of speed and X-factor out the back, my concern with the force is, again, that they're just lacking that little bit of creativity um, in the halves. Uh, they've got Hamish Stewart across from the Reds, who was a really solid defender for Queensland under Brad Thorne there at number 12 the last couple of years. Um, he was a former uh, Aussie schools or under 20s, uh, number 10. So he's always fancied himself as a playmaker, but I've just got um, doubts that he actually is that. Um, look, I think, you know, they're, they're going to be exactly what we've come to expect from the force in, in recent years. It's going to be very hard to beat at home. Uh, a lot of their games are probably going to be tough to watch, um, but they're going to be nitty and gritty and, and hang in the contest. And for them, the trick will be, um, you know, just winning a few more of their games by that narrow margin. I think last year they, they lost seven, uh, lost, yeah, seven games uh, by seven points or less. So if you pick up a couple more of those, you know, that you suddenly you're going to be in a scramble for that that eighth spot, and, and I fully expect, you know, that I think that um, the Force, uh, the Rebels, Mana Pacifica, Fijian Driller, and, and also the Highlanders in there as well, because I'm not sure that they're going to be too much better than last year, uh, are probably all going to be scrambling for that, that eighth spot, and, and winning your home games is, is going to be critical, so the Force need to start well this weekend. Yeah, what what about the Rebels then? Because um, I, know, I know they've made a big uh, big signing announcement today, but uh, that's not till next season. So where are they at? Are they the weakest of the teams over your side of the uh, Tasman? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Uh, and they have got they have been hit hard by, by injury, not so much from the pre-season, but just because of that wretched Wallabies run last year. Um, if you look, there's no no uh, Matt Phillips gone for the season. Andrew Kellaway's a few weeks away. Rob Leoder, I think, is going to miss a large chunk of the season. So you take out, you know, three three just about rusted on Wallabies there. Um, that's that's a big loss for for a team that um, has struggled for, for depth in in recent times. Um, no Matt Tamua as well this year, so they lose a bit of experience in the back line. Uh, Reese Hodge will, will kind of be the, the one stable figure there. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing young Carter Gordon 
another one of our, our young tens over here. Um, kind of, I think, wasn't helped by the fact that, that Tamua was um, alongside him last year and, and uh, Kevin Foote couldn't really make up his mind whether he, he wanted the two together or wanted to, Tamua at, at number 10. Um, so, yeah, look, it, it's, I, I think they will, I agree, I think they will struggle um, and I think they probably will be the, the worst perform of the of the Aussie teams, but um, as I say, if they can, you know, hang in there through these opening few weeks, and if they start to get a few trips back later in the year, then um, when they only missed that um, that semi-final, sorry, that quarter-final spot to the Highlanders, both they and the Force by for and against last year, I think they were 32 and 32. The the Rebels, sorry, the Force and the Highlanders, and the Rebels are only a, a point further back. So um, yeah, if they can, you know, just um, grit out the, the opening weeks of the competition, then there might be good, hopefully better things to come for them later in the year. Mm. Now, just before I let you go, Sam, uh, I did notice the the uh, Fiji and Drua um, beat the Force forty eight thirty eight last Thursday, uh, and it sounded like they did, they were pretty comfortable in the first half, and then made a raft of changes. Um, they were up by a lot, uh, and then the Force came back into it. So the Drua they improved this year, do you think? And are they a threat for the quarters? Oh, I think absolutely they've got to be just purely for the fact because they've got, you know, six games in Fiji. I think we saw in those two, you know, were probably my two favourite games of the first season last year, right, when they, they finally got back to Fiji after the, the difficulties of COVID and, and hosted the um, the Highlanders first in, in Suva and then the Chiefs in Lautoka. And um, you just saw how, how tough they were to beat at home. I think the Rebels went over there in the pre-season just a few weeks ago and it was nil all or something at, at half time, and, and the, the drill went on to win 24-6. Just because of the, the conditions, the humidity, uh, mixed with a, you know, the, the odd downpour, um, I can't wait to see the crowds back over there. I think they're a fantastic addition, along with Moana Pacifica. Um, so what a what a game to get the, you know, that um, for those teams to get started this year playing each other as well. So yeah, as I said before, I think they'll be better. They've been set up. Um, the whole pre-season in Fiji as well. You remember last year they were here on the, the north coast at Manic Head of, of New South Wales. Um, so that must have, you know, been certainly uh, caused a few interruptions. Um, so yeah, look, I, I think if I was putting a putting an eight together right now, I'd, I'd, I'd have them in there. Yeah, mate. All right, good stuff, Sam. Thanks very much for coming on and having a chat. Uh, always good to get the the latest from uh, your side of the ditch ahead of uh, the uh, the Super Rugby season kicking off, mate. Enjoy it, and uh, hopefully we can talk again soon, eh? Yep, no worries, Ricardo. My pleasure. Cheers. Uh, Sam Bruce there with us from ESPN Australia, and uh, yeah, certainly a man who uh, loves his footy, and uh, sounds like it's uh, going to be an exciting comp from their side of the ditch as well.